Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Josh Heath with High Level Games. I'm recording a guest spot today of the Brian Book Club for Twin Cities by Night. I want to point out a couple of awesome things that High Level Games is doing real quick. One, we're running High Level Games Con in Atlantic City, October 12th through the 14th of 2018. We'd really like to see people there. You can find High Level Games Con at hlgcon.com. You can also find us at highlevelgames.ca, which is our main website where we talk about lots of different gaming uh, products. And I am a creator on the Storyteller's Vault, which is I think part of why Chris asked me to do this episode of The Brian Diaries, or I should say The Brian Book Club. So we are going to be reviewing Necronomicon. And I don't mean the fictional Necronomicon that H.P. Lovecraft created in his works. I mean Necronomicon, the collection of short stories by H.P. Lovecraft himself. This is a hardcover copy of a collection of all of his written fiction. So it includes poems, it includes short stories, it includes um, some of his larger short stories, which could potentially be called novellas if you wanted to be um, thinking big on most of his work, which was generally small um, length fiction. But I think it's helpful to know that um, that H.P. Lovecraft himself was a complicated individual and uh, was, in fact, pretty racist by the standards of the day and by today's standards, of course, as well. Um, so in reading H.P. Lovecraft, we need to be cognizant of the negative associations with the author, but I don't think that means we have to discount his horror. I think in this case, since no money is going directly to him as an individual, I don't have any problem with purchasing books that go um, and support his estate. And I think his work is useful from a horror standpoint for us to help us run uh, role-playing games in the world of darkness. Now, the world of darkness has a lot of fairly overt um, Cthul- Cthulhu mythos-related stuff, particularly around the werewolf the apocalypse game line werewolf the apocalypse includes a lot of uh, creeping horrors the worm is a one of the triad one of the three universal forces and the worm tends to have a lot of similarities to the type of creatures that lovecraft talked about in his mythos so in this book there's a ton of other stories but i want to focus in on at least two and the first being The Shadow Over Innsmouth. And The Shadow Over Innsmouth is set in New England, and H.P. Lovecraft was from New England, um, so it makes sense that most of his work was set in that general area. But Innsmouth is a fictional town in Massachusetts, and the story is told by this narrator who notices that the locals in this town that he happens to stop in are strange. They seem to have bug eyes. They have um, what he describes as uh, narrow heads with flat noses and bulgy, starry eyes. And this 
individual, as he gets stuck in this town for a little bit longer, discovers that there is a cult doing human sacrifices, and there seems to be some sort of connection between the fish in the area and the people in the area. And eventually, the narrator discovers that he himself is actually descended from the people of Innsmouth. Now, there's a lot of psychological analysis of this particular story in regards to Lovecraft, and one idea is that he uh, was concerned that he had the same sort of madness, the same sort of mental illness that his parents had. And that may be the case. It may be something that he was concerned about. It's also very telling that this story is very focused on the othering of people that Lovecraft is fairly well known for in his stories. And that digs into some deeper, strange, uncomfortable territory. But the idea of the people and of the other is an element in a lot of horror. And we have to be able to deconstruct that and understand it and look at it face on and say, okay, if we are afraid of people that are unlike us, what does that tell us about ourselves? And we can use that reflectively. So I think that's one of the main themes of the Shadow Over Innsmouth is that these people are close to us. They are us, but they are different from us. And that sort of difference is something that can be positive. It can be negative. But in this story, it comes off as very negative. It becomes this twisting internal turmoil. And that, I think, is a very World of Darkness sort of story for Vampire. The twisting internal struggle is one of the essential elements of Vampire the Masquerade. And if you want to play with some of the body horror, the Sabbat and the Zemisi, then the idea of twisting, changing people, unlike you know anything that anyone else has ever seen or Nostratu, who are all you know, physically changed and shifted in this drastically ugly creatures. What does that mean? And what sort of things do the characters do in reaction to discovering perhaps a group of Nosferatu or a sect of worm worshippers in Werewolf the Apocalypse who have given themselves over to this entity of oblivion? And what do they do? You know, do the characters destroy them? Do they try to explain to them that what they are doing is wrong? And if they do, does that cult, do those people attack the characters for doing that? There's lots of things that you can play with there. And you can also just simply have this be a little bit of a reflective exercise by asking players to consider what does it mean to be the other in a group of people that look different than you. You know, what happens when you are in a, a society that you are unfamiliar with, that you're uncomfortable with? How do you react to that? You can have players travel around the world and have those same sorts of interactions and ask them effectively, you know, how do you do it, deal with these um, thoughts, feelings, uncomfortablenesses that you might be experiencing? And Good horror connects to that human element and asks specifically, are you doing this because of 
unperceived bias, perhaps? Or are you doing this because there's something actually unnerving or uncomfortable or evil, whatever term you might use, going on in the background? So it's a very sort of difficult space to play in. And I think The Shadow Over Innsmouth is a great story for that, if you're looking for an example of those sorts of stories. Then there's a totally different one for me, and that's the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. And the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath is a great umbral travel story, or it can be perhaps a story of changelings going through the deep dreaming. But it's a this Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath was actually um, elements of a dream that Lovecraft had that he wrote into a story and that he developed deeper and deeper. Uh, it was actually published after he died, but it's one of his better works. And it touches on these overlapping, creepy things that seem to happen and these creatures that are just outside of reach or just near to where he is, but never quite close until he actually directly interacts with them. For example, there's a group of ghouls, and these are not ghouls in the vampire and masquerade sense, but these are creatures that actually eat people. And they're a bit more similar to Dungeons and Dragons ghouls. I actually think Dungeons and Dragons took the ghoul concept from Lovecraft for um, those creatures. But specifically, these ghouls are friendly to the character that is um, an example of, uh, or the, the almost Mary Sue of Lovecraft in this story. Um, and these ghouls are trying to help him, but at the same time, they eat people. They surround themselves with the dead. So this could be an interesting way to integrate a vampire into, or a mortal into a group of vampires. You know, you have one player that decides to play a mortal, and he's not ghouled yet. But he has to negotiate, he or she has to negotiate being around these vampires. What does that mean? Do they allow their humanity to be impacted by the decisions that their vampire friends, associates? They might actually be people that they know. And in this story, The Dream Quest of Kadath, this, one of the ghouls is actually friends with Carter, Carter being the stand-in for Lovecraft. And that friendness, friendliness still continues. So what if you have a mortal character who is friends with two or three people that are vampires within this group? How are they going to react to finding out that vampires exist and what does that mean for them? What does that it do to impact them in the long run? So that's one way to pull vampire into this story. But I think the way the entire story is designed, it's very much an umbral quest you go through um, valleys and fortresses and different um, areas of in the underworld, which is where he runs into the ghouls. So there's fantasy creature after fantasy creature, but all slightly uncomfortable, all horrific in one form or another, um, all connected to things that aren't quite normal per se. And I think... That is an excellent way of describing how the Umbra can be, particularly getting into some of the darker elements of the Umbra, getting closer to some of the worm areas where maybe you use the idea of a great um, onyx pillar that is a, an actual anchor head to one of the places in the deep Umbra, or 
creatures uh, that serve the worm come to this space within uh, the abyss or within one of the other umbral realms, perhaps they're in Malpheus itself. And these players have to travel through these different areas to get to that. And I would say the dream quest of Unknown Kadath is an excellent way to frame that sort of journey and that sort of um, kind of connection impact. Mm, there's a better word I'm looking for, but that anyway, regardless, they're definitely interested in that journey. And I think this is a good story to connect to that. Um, this is also a, there's a reference to Nyarlathotep and these creatures, these sorts of great dark creatures are found in all of the World of Darkness games in one form or another. In Vampire, they're the antediluvians. In Werewolf, they're, you know, creatures of the worm or the, the worm itself. Um, in Wraith, they're the specters and the creatures of the uh, Tempest and Oblivion. In Changeling, they're potentially um, fey beings of the deep dreaming. Uh, and Mage has creatures from beyond uh, the universe as well. So there's definitely ways to pull in elements of the Great Old Ones and Cthulhu and all of these different things are kind of present um, in popular fiction at the moment. They're present in a lot of movies and TV, but they come from Lovecraft and they come from the interaction of the mythos and some other writers that wrote elements of the mythos as well. So if you want to drag in elements of the universe that H.P. Lovecraft created into your World of Darkness game, I think that's already baked in in a lot of ways into the World of Darkness. But specifically, these two stories, The Shadow Over Innsmouth and The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, are really good stories for giving you some suggestions on how to take those concepts and build them into a plot line for your game. Um, taking your players and bringing them to a new town and having them try to figure out what the mystery of these people that live there is. It's something that I've done in lots of games. The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath is a good, like I said, umbral story, a good travel story, tying in strange, twisting, dark elements, which can, again, work in so many of the different games. So keeping in mind Lovecraft's problematic elements and Lovecraft's problematic background, it's helpful if you want to dive into that to read his biography by J.T. Joshi, uh, who is a wonderful biographer who has done an excellent job of presenting H.P. Lovecraft as he truly was, good, bad, ugly. And you can also find some more um, interesting elements about Lovecraft himself. His letters are all published, so if you want to dig into those, you can. Some of them are uncomfortable to read, but I suggest doing so if you're interested in knowing more about this individual that wrote these works. So that is all that I've got today for the Brian Book Club. You can find me on uh, on Twitter at Podcast Werewolf. I also run the Werewolf the Podcast podcast. So if you want to learn more about Werewolf the Apocalypse, which is the game that I know the most about, you can come over there and listen to that. You can find us on iTunes, um, Google Play, or any other um, sort of um, podcasting sort of station that you have. Okay. 
Thanks very much. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Brand Book Club. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.